This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, the good news is that B.C. could be about to get a break from dry, hot weather. A shift in the weather means that we could be getting some colder conditions with some rain starting today in the southern and central interior of the province. Now, the rain will definitely be welcome, but this could also mean wind. And that would be a huge challenge for firefighters that are tackling wildfires, especially across the southern and central interior. Which got us thinking about how incredibly challenging this whole situation is. Like, what's it like to be on the front lines fighting fires? Joining us now to talk more about that is Luke McLeod, a former Type 1 Wildland Fire Ranger. Luke, thanks for joining us. Hey, Jimmy. Thank you very much for having me. What does it mean to be a fire ranger? Well, it's, uh, it starts with the love of the outdoors. Uh, you definitely spend a lot of time out there. Um, and, and really, it's... Uh, for me, it was. It started as a uh, as just a summer job um, between between uh, university semesters, and really turned into uh, an absolute passion and and something that I'm going to value for the rest of my life. That uh, that chapter of my life, especially. Okay, so when you when you're in those situations, Luke, can you describe to us like what do you know when you're sent in to fight a wildfire? What what kind of planning goes into that? So a lot of it starts uh, on the approach, and so uh, I'm actually a couple time zones east of where you are, and, and I'm, I'm praying for a little bit of rain for BC right now myself, uh, but I was in Ontario, and, and so the big thing in Ontario, relatively flat, and a lot of water sources. So when we're approaching, we're, we're in a helicopter, uh, circling around this fire, looking for you know, potential escape routes if the wind direction was to change, uh, the water source by which we're going to set up our pump, and uh, and kind of finding a bearing towards the fire, how big the fire is, and and these sorts of things. I mean, in in British Columbia, um, the approach is much different. You've got a lot of terrain and altitude to worry about, uh, and and fire loves to run uphill very very quickly. So there's some major differences there, um, and it it really does turn into it could be a lot scarier of a situation in British Columbia, a lot faster. So a lot more planning has to go in from the air, uh, and ensuring that. First and foremost, safety of the firefighters um, is is paramount when you're making your approach, and you kind of work backwards from, you know, where do we want to drop in, uh, what does the weather look like, what does the weather forecast, th- these sorts of things, and then it uh, it all happens pretty quickly. The plan is set, and uh, and communication over radios um, is pretty constant, and that's kind of your eye in the sky is is giving you the the intel of of where you should be, where your safe spots are. And so communication becomes paramount as well. I was just thinking about that as you were talking, because I thought it's such a confusing, probably feeling like a chaotic situation to be in the middle of all that. But at the same time, you have to really keep listening, don't you? Because you don't know what's happening and you have to have to, have to wait for somebody to tell you what might be happening elsewhere. Exactly. And, and likewise, if you're seeing something that, um, that seems a little off from what you've been told, uh, it's, it's very important to, to speak up and to kind of run it up the chain of command to let let some folks know, hey, I'm feeling a wind change or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's burning a little hotter than, than, um, than, original, than we initially predicted. So um, it's, it's just as much on, on the boots on the ground as it is on the, the folks in the sky, the pilots and, uh, um, and the lookouts. So there's, 
you know, it's, it's information coming from a lot of different directions all at once. Uh, and, and a lot of this is funneling through an incident command team that's going to kind of process all this information and, and use kind of best practice and, uh, and predictors and, and these sorts of things to, to put together a plan and, and ultimately keep everybody safe and, and out of harm's way. And did you ever feel like it was dangerous? Did you ever feel the danger of what you were doing? I mean, the, luckily for, for myself in, in Ontario, in northern Ontario, where with so many lakes, I, I, I had this kind of feeling that I was no more than a couple hundred yards from, from water at any point to run and jump and hide in if I ever needed to. Um, however, you know, there's, there'd be times when, when our, our crew would be out all day working on a fire and uh, we'd head back towards where we thought our camp was and it's now a big patch of black that's been burned and we, we lost all our belongings. So um, that, that to say, there, there definitely, you know, things can change on a dime. Personally, I never had any one experience where I thought, um, you know, I'm in imminent danger myself. Uh, and I, I, I'd like to think that's because of the... Uh, standard operating procedures and, and best practices of of the, of the ministries that uh, that put together these fire programs in in British Columbia. I'd only been there once to, to help out on a fire, and uh, and it was it was a very well oiled machine that, that we were running through. So I, I can honestly say, at no point did I feel unsafe. Um, however, you know you've, you've really got to feel for the the good people that that have homes in the area of fires that that aren't sure. Um, if the wind is going to change or if the fire is going to keep coming towards them like they've been told. And um, so there's a lot of unknown there, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. And so my, my heart would go out to, to the folks that, you know, can't pick up and move their house as much as I can pick up my tent and, and run right. if I needed to. So, Luke, though, given that you've been in, in these situations and certainly you feel that danger, you feel that the challenge of doing this, it must be frustrating for you as well when you see people being kind of sloppy with fire behavior. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, it's not a great idea, especially when with the, the quick early melts we had this year, and and I, I can only assume that's compounded out west, um, where where we've lost our our snow and and winter weather very quickly, and, and it quickly turned to hot weather, and and so responsible responsibility with with fires you start if you're camping um, is is paramount, absolutely. Okay, so then what is your advice to people, Luke? My advice, if um, very much the, trying to eliminate that fear of getting in trouble. If you're in a situation where, sure, you've had a campfire and, and all of a sudden you look up and, and the tree above you, some embers got into there and, and something's starting to spread, you know, you've got to make that call right away. Don't, don't try to be uh, the hero. Don't try and cover it up. Don't try and take things into your own hands. Um, sometimes it's best to call in, uh, call in the authorities and, uh, and make sure, you know, it's, it's taken care of properly. All right, Luke, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.